Hey, NFers, we got a great sponsor on the podcast this week. Today's episode is brought to you by Detroit stand-up comedian Sam Rager's new album, Trigger Warning, which is currently in the top 10 comedy albums on iTunes. Wait, isn't that the first new album released on Jackknife Comedy Records? It is. If the NFers don't know, Gideon, I thought they lost all their good players, Hambright and I have decided to start a record label. And while sure, we have seven releases out already from our friends like Luke Ritter, Albert Kirchner, Hannah Boone, and Justin Williams... Sam's album is our first new release. Oh, that's cool. And it's called uh, Trigger Warning, huh? Yep. If uh, Winnie the Pooh put out a comedy album on your label, it could be called uh, Tigger Warning. It sure could, buddy. Anyways, please go pick up Sam Rager's new album, Trigger Warning, on iTunes or anywhere else that you get your comedy albums. And visit jackknifecomedy.com for more great comedy albums and EPs. Oh shit, we don't have a theme song. Oh shit, you're right. What are we gonna do? I don't know, like do we get do we have time to buy something? No, no, we just we just have to riff. We're gonna Go. just riff, riff it. Oh shit, it's the nostalgic front. A podcast from Patrick and Reem. We like movies, TV, and games. Junk food juice boxes, forgotten things. Oh wow, that was that was adequate. Yeah, that was like pretty good. Yeah, are we just gonna use it for every episode? I think I think we should. I think we have to. Thank you for listening to the Nostalgic Front. I'm Patrick Hasty, And I am Brandon Ream. How is it going, Brandon Ream? Well, it's not going so good. No? Uh-uh. Oh, no. There's a, uh, back where I came from? Yeah. Iowa? Iowa. The nothing got it. Are you kidding? Yep. That's where I came from, too. Really? Can I tell you this? I know you're doing a sketch real quick, but oh. can I say a real thing? Uh-huh. Yesterday, a fellow named Glenn Wood died. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he was like a, I don't know, a race car driver or something, but... So on Twitter, when I woke up, Glenn Wood was trending, and I was like, ooh, I hope my hometown didn't die. Kind of did. Kind of did. It Some kind of... random old person who I don't know t- t- replied to my tweet and said, we're still here. <laughs> don't know who he is. He's from Glenwood, Iowa, though. Hell yeah. Um, But yeah, so the nothing got it? Yeah. Damn. That's why I was going with that bit. Yeah, I got it. I'm mm-hmm. back into it now. Hell How, yeah. How's Rockbiter? He's good. He's good. got some new gourmet rocks. Good. Why do they call them rock biter? Because they're assholes. Oh. I mean, we called it. Gr- we used you know to. That's a, I'll tell you this. You we, know that's a slur we, in Fantasia? We used Like, you goddamn rock biter? It was a slur at Glenwood Community High School. We used yeah. to call a girl rock biter because we were assholes. So that's why I assume they did it. Oh, man. We called her. She had acne. I think Mankind was a rock biter, too, in one of their matches. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. He bit the rock. Mick Foley. We should get mm-hmm. him on the show. We should. Was he? Okay, so we're Doesn't, talking. He's a headliner. He is a headliner, like a corduroy pillowcase. Uh, he. It's uh, <laughs> good. Thank you. I didn't write it. Uh, really? We're doing. Who did? Fucking the internet. The bear. Uh, maybe, maybe Mick Foley. Is it just a pillowcase with that bear on it? Corduroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, I saw Paddington. Which one? The first one. Yeah. Loved it. I'll see the second one sometime. You should have seen the second one. First. There was a thing trending today on Twitter that was uh, your 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 first pet's your pet's name from when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and the president who was president a hundred years before you were born. Oh God, I got was. Fucking, I'll look it up. I'll look it up I right here. Fucking Google now. Was your is well, your Paddington well, villain's name? Oh, the president that was born. Uh, that was the president that was president one hundred years before you were born. Okay, so that was like day. Uh, fifteen different presidents. Which what, one? I'm saying you get what I'm looking at. Uh, what yeah, what year were you born? 1982. Okay, so the president in 1882, it might have been the same as mine. Uh, 1882 U.S. president. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, what was your pet? Just tell me the president. I got so it. I what was your first it. pet? Bo. That's right there. Then say that last name. Bo Arthur. That's cool. Now, do you know what mine was? No. King Arthur. Whoa. Yeah, which it would really be Pokey Arthur. That was my dog, but I had a cat named King, so King Arthur. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You could see Paddington fucking kicking King Arthur's ass, huh? Mm-hmm. Just the, the best. The Transformers did it. Why not Paddington? That's right. And now have you seen the trailer for the new movie? Tra- the, the new kid- Transformer? No, the new King Arthur movie. The kid who would be king. Oh, huh. It looks good. We were talking about new Disney movies over the last couple of weeks. Well, I think that's a Disney. It looks great. It's uh, English. Good luck to him because uh, King Arthur movies are a good way to lose money. It's a, no, it's like modern day. It's like a kid at a school, like a kid in England, like his little English kid at an English school fucking realizes that he's uh he might be the one that has to pull this sword. He finds the sword, so the sword's in it. Uh, there's a Merlin character in it. It looks really good. Ooh. I love fantasy films. You do love fantasy The entire films. fantasy genre. I like a lot of them, for uh-huh. sure. And I think uh, today's episode is about one of the few masterpieces, really. Exactly, yeah. Of the genre. It's kind of crazy. There are not like very many true yeah. fantasy masterpieces. And this, is, this definitely is one of them. One, yeah. And also, I, I mean, we'll learn when we, as we talk about it, but um, it made sense that Lord of the Rings was a huge masterpiece, you know? Yeah. But like, this was kind of like, I don't think, I don't think it was like a big historical thing. If it was, it wasn't as, it no, wasn't the book as, came out a few years before the movie. Yeah. And it wasn't nearly on the scale of like a, a J.R.R. Token or a no, no, Guard a, Game of Thrones. Uh, the, uh, the theme behind the book and like the Here, story. Well, well, let me read the Wikipedia. Then you tell me what you know. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, now remember, pun in all you want. Uh, we got time to eat kill. Uh, the Neverending Story, uh, which is German for Die Undergeschichte, is an English-language West German fantasy film released in 1984 based on the novel of the same name by Michael Inde about a boy who reads a magical book that tells the story of a young warrior whose task is to stop a dark force called the Nothing from engulfing a mythical world. The fil- mystical world, pardon me. The film was it's produced mythical too. Yeah, for sure. The film was produced by Bernard Elricker and Dieter Geisler and directed <laughs> and co-written by Wolfgang Peterson. It was his first English language film. So German. Yeah, right? The Dieter movie, uh, and Bern- uh, I was watching like the making of. And of course there's a Klaus oh, involved yeah, yeah, in yeah, the making yeah. of it. Oh no, there's a guy named Oppenheimer in it. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh it starred Noah Hathaway, Barrett Oliver, Tammy Stronach, Patricia Hayes, Sidney Bromley. Moses Gunn, Alan Oppenheimer, and Gerald Major Dad McRaney. That's right. Simon and Simon McRaney. Kind of uh, a kind of, it's kind of a weird character in this movie. Yeah. Too, as as same, Bastion's dad. At the time of its release, it was the most expensive film produced outside the United States or the Soviet Union. Which you it, you can see the money oh, on, yeah. on the film. I mean on the screen. Yeah. There's money all over that screen. It looks good. Oh it's, yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's also interesting, like I uh, prefaced it, uh, it being a, a fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get very many g- great fantasy movies. Yeah, is what I've been thinking about the last week while I was, uh, uh, you know, getting ready for this episode and stuff. Is like, but the eighties, the eighties following this movie. Yeah. If you look at like the movies that came out right after it, it was like a little bubble of like great. Fantasy movies because we had uh, Conan. The next year was Legend. Yeah, uh, w- Willow, and then, and then Princess Bride, and then Willow. We're all in a five year. But see, I think fantasy is then, eye of the beholder, though, because I think you could also loop in 
Star Wars as a fantasy movie. Uh, it's just it's a in space and stuff like that. And so you could say it, we don't have a lot of fantasy movies right now, but one of the hugest things happening right now is fantasy. The Thor movie was basically a fantasy movie, the first one especially. Ragnarok, kind of. I mean, I mean, they're more sci-fi. They are, but sci-fi, I, mean, I learned last night in an episode of Twilight Zone, it opened, Rod Sterling said, sci-fi and fantasy can be the same thing and often are. He said that in the opening, and then he said a bunch of crazy shit about this hole in the wall. All right, I guess. Hey, man, you look a little bit like uh, you got a Ragnarok helmet on with those fucking, that I'm fucking just saying this movie and I agree with you. laid the seeds for a lot of like 80s Harry was a heyday, for sure. Yeah, and I—I I, I mean, there wasn't much in the '90s in the way of like just big, fantastic yeah. movies like this. Was the yeah? What was and the until biggest? Until Lord of the Rings came along. Was there anything in the '90s at all? Can, um, can you pull? That's like straight up like this. Yeah, this type of fantasy, not really. Really, yeah, that's weird. Um, because some of those are so. I mean, I loved all, all these movies, and this one, of course, especially. And um, what was your? Did you watch it a lot when you were a kid? Oh, I had it on VHS. Oh yeah, VCR. So tape. It, it made its rounds many a times by myself. Yeah, watching it, and it, it's fucking great. Uh, I loved it. Uh, same way we watched it. I had it the, on the tape. It's interesting though. I saw never ever. You do this a lot As in a our days. Yeah, growing up. I know but, what you're gonna uh, say. I saw Never Ending Story too first. Yeah, for sure. And then. Like, uh, it was always kind of cool like that as a kid, too, where you watched the sequel first and mm-hmm. then you watched the older movie and got the back. So I did the same thing with like police academies. Yeah. That we were talking about earlier. What that and that's the thing, too, where uh, to the point where I know the never ending story, but I often will like just forget. I'll be like, oh, yeah, this happened in never ending story. And then I'll be like, actually, I think that happened in the second one. And then sometimes I'll be like, oh, no, that happened in the fourth one. Or yeah, whatever, I don't remember you know? shit about the second uh, one um, except for Rockbiter's got a kid. Yeah, the second one a, was as a witch that has something to do with his memories. Yeah, or whatever, but it doesn't really matter. And the second one was the one that had um, Jonathan, Jonathan Land- Brandis and Brandis. John we- John Wesley Ship was in it too. Who was the that he superhero that nobody fucking cares about from the eighties? Um, but it, it was more way more Americanized. I felt, but I liked it. And then the third one. Yeah, I think they the, were direct to video by then. The third one was I just remember it played on Disney Channel all the time. But the third one. Fucking Jack Black was in it. Was like a the, main guy. Was one of the bad kinda, guys. And I'm kind of curious, like how bad those look. Yeah. With, oh, for sure. With the budget cutbacks, obviously. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like the first one, where I mean, the director is Wolfgang Peterson. You know what movie Wolfgang Peterson fucking directed just prior to Never Ending Story? No, but can I guess? Yeah. Kroll? Uh no, one of the greatest uh oh. one of the greatest uh war movies of all time. And uh like I said, uh it's German, so Ooh. it's about submarines. UB forty or whatever the Oh, Das Boot. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. Wow, he's got a hell of a career here, Wolfgang. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so he uh, starts early, uh, comes in hot with a bunch of German films in German. Yeah. Uh, then he's got Das Boot. Which is like, you know, one of the greatest films ever made. Das Boot, then Never Ending Story, Enemy Mine. Yeah. Which is I loved as a kid. Uh, in the Line of Fire, that's the one with uh, Clint Eastwood where uh, John Malkovich tries to kill the president. Uh-huh. Uh, Be a way different movie today. Totally. He made Outbreak, Air Force One, The Perfect Storm. The Perfect Storm was one of my top 10 movies of the year 2000. <laughs> I fucking have seen that movie one million times. I had no idea. And then Troy, which was a movie I watched a lot that I don't think is That's good, fine. but I watched it a lot. Poseidon, which I saw once. 
And then a movie in 2016 called Four Against the Bank. Kurt Russell dies. In Four Against the Bank? No, Poseidon. Poseidon, yeah, that was a bummer. He plays Gene Hackman. And that other... The, who's the other guy in it, too? Uh, I oh, think, I don't know. I think uh, uh, Dreyfus is in it, too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's still doing it. Oh, and he, he went back. He made another German movie in 2016. Yeah, yeah, but people, to so. think that... Uh, I mean, just to go the idea from that Das Boot... They made... I mean, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Obviously. And they followed up... They had, like, a big prestigious director take over uh, and make the most expensive movie ever outside of america with like no big actors no yeah major dad and he and is literally the biggest actor i'm guessing and he's in there for the f- fucking first two minutes uh when i was a kid because uh, he pretty much comes out and says hey son stop crying about your dead mom and don't be late to school today all right i'm glad we had this talk he uh when i was a kid i had decided things because i knew somehow early i knew that it was a german movie maybe at the end it says like made by in germany or something and so as a kid, I always kind of thought that like, oh, I bet he never thought anyone, I bet this was like a paycheck and he never thought, you know, like how people go do those commercials in like yeah. Japan or something. I bet he never thought anyone was going to ever fucking see this movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I always kind of thought with McRaney. Um, but, but this was also between uh, Simon and Simon and Major Dad. So maybe this was a career point, you know, a high point for him. Um, you know who he went on to marry? Gerald McRaney. Who? Delta Burke. Ooh. Yeah, they they were like a huge power couple in the He 80s. had designs on that woman. Yeah, he did. Uh and he's fucking great. He's so good and stuff. He's great in uh uh years later uh Gerald McGraney was great in The West Wing. Uh he's great. Uh there's another show he was on not too long ago that I saw that I loved and I'm currently looking for it. It Oh, Longmire. Yeah, he's great in nice. Longmire. So yeah, fucker is working. Look at this. Fucker's working like yeah. crazy. Well, he's Probably gets a lot of roles because he's only in a movie for about two minutes. Deadwood. He's brilliant in Deadwood. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, Gerald McGraney is fantastic. He's in the movie. Now, uh, I I loved it. Watch it all the time. We watched it in school. And it's one of the movies that, you know, my shit with animals, how I can't, I, I get real fucking weird about animals, sadness oh, and stuff. Oh, well, yeah, I know exactly saying. where this is going. This is one of the yeah. hardest death scenes for any kid to watch. Totally. Period. Totally. Is our tech. Uh, in the in the swamps of sadness, it's fucking brutal. Well, I mean, okay, so the movie, uh, I'll I'll give a quick little yeah, rundown. Go ahead, up go, to let this it, point. let them know if they haven't seen it, but they still wanted to listen to this uh, fucking episode for some reason. Yeah, yeah, this kid, uh, he gets bullied. His mom just died. Yeah, and he runs into a bookstore. Yeah, and the bookstore owner is this. You know, she died, right? Drowned. She got her skull beat in. Really? Yeah, some bad guys. Oh, they no. beat her beat her to death. Left her on the street. He found her. So Aston found her. This kid. He goes had blood on his pants. It's a big deal. That's why if you see in the movie, you see blood on his pants. Every I like while. it how uh, he goes into the bookstore and the bookstore owner is like condescending. To yeah, him. yeah, yeah. What because, an asshole. Well, because kids don't like books no more. Bastion high, uh, runs into the bookstore to hide from the bullies, and the bookstore owner is like, "Hey, dipshit! The ar- yeah. the arcade." It's uh two blocks down. Oh, you don't a, you don't want to hang out in here. All we got is books. It reminds nothing me, that goes beep beep boop boop. It reminds me a lot of the that ha- there's this is a trend in stand up that happens. It's not just in stand up. It happens in everything right now. But the trend of somebody being like, uh, you know, when we didn't have the internet when I was a kid, you know, we used to have to read newspaper. Oh, a newspaper. Mm, 
it's like a, a yeah. bunch of paper you have to open That's and it has words. You have to read them. And it's like fucking people know. Uh, yeah. Then, people know. I like it because Bastion drops the truth on the old dude. And he's yeah. like, I got 186 books at home. Yeah. I've read Adventure Island, Tarzan, fucking you name it. I've read it. And then the de- and then the, old, the guy at the store is like, anything else? He's like, my mom got her head smashed in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then. Uh, so he goes, this is what's funny. Tell me about, yeah, tell me more, because I get confused now. This is where I'm mixing it up with okay. the Jonathan Brandis So one. he takes that book, and he goes to school. Yeah, he does. And he's already late for school. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. Teacher pops a test. He knows My, he's in a mess. His yeah, dog ate all of his homework 100%. last night. He's like, oh, shit, math test. So he goes and hides out in the school's attic. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. starts, and starts reading the never-ending story. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, too, because, like, uh, as a kid, I was like, so this kid just like blows off all of his responsibilities, fucking skips school, doesn't care about anything, and just hides out in this uh, attic and reads the book. But the idea that the movie and is putting across is that's what happens with books. Yeah, is you get so caught up into it. So there's like this moment where Atreyu gets ready to eat. Atreyu, who is the um, Indian boy, the, he's the Indian boy in the book. The yeah. le- the like kind of protagonist of the book yep and then uh uh he's atreyu gets ready to eat and then bastion's like that's a great idea so he starts eating so it's yeah. like he's just like totally entrenched and that's kind of like what they're trying to capture with him and then speaking of but, entrenched uh, eventually atreyu's horse yeah so atreyu has to go on the mission they have to save the childlike empress yeah it's pretty just like straightforward it's basically. like yeah it's a He's like damsel, you're on a quest damsel in detress we don't know distress. how to do it but you just gotta go save the uh child like no she's sick because yeah. her power is tied to fantasia and fantasia is being eaten by the nothing yeah she still didn't distress yeah well it's a great uh opening scene uh on fantasia because it cuts to the rock biter yeah uh it was a big scary looking monster but yeah and nice. the mole and the snail racer <laughs> And yeah, the yeah, other yeah. and the other little guy. What's the what's the I have it here somewhere. This the the name. Um, is it a Gormork? Gamork. No, Gamork is the uh, harbinger of the darkness. He's the oh uh, Gamork's the bad guy. Yeah, Boy, yeah. I'm so bad with names. Uh, uh, there's Ergi, the Ingwork, the Ingwick. Well, most of them are just referred to by what they are instead yeah. of having their name. Yeah, you're right. Outside of Gamork, because they're just. Oh, you ever see that show, Gamork Mork? Yeah, I was gonna make that joke yeah, earlier, we but it. I, we got but it. I didn't. But yeah, the uh, uh, swamp of sadness scene yeah. that we were talking about before I went on. Yeah, the run. Yeah. Uh, it's a Treyu's horse, which is what's the name? I always forget. Artac. Artac. Uh, as a kid, I used to mix those up all the time. I always thought a Treyu was a horse's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he's trying to get him through the swamps of swamp sadness because they have to go talk to that giant sneezing uh, turtle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because this is like, this is entry level existentialism for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The never ending story, especially the idea of nothingness and everything, even though uh, nothingness is more of a metaphor. The nothing is just a metaphor for not reading books. Yeah. And shutting yourself. And no knowledge. And shutting yourself of- off to this world. Because Fantasia, as they say later, is like the f- collective fantasies of mankind oh. is what fantasia See, I is miss all the all the smart stuff yeah so if we're not reading we're not using our imagination fantasia will die which is yeah. what they get to at the end yeah. with all that shit 
because uh, Atreyu is pretty much just being used as an instrument to get Bastion to care about Fantasia. Fantasia, yeah. And to read, basically, Mm -hmm. is what the movie's about that I've seen... 20 times and never read which the book is also of. what um a lot i think a lot of uh protagonists and books are main characters are there to get make us give a shit they're yeah, there yeah. to teach us to give a shit and sometimes yeah, yeah. because they needed uh yeah so anyways it's kind of interesting how they drown that horse um <laughs> yeah it's a bummer dude uh no, they trained these horses to go against their instincts uh, to get those shots. Wait, did they really kill a horse? No, no, no. Oh, thank God. No, they trained them, and they used three different horses for oh, that good. shot, where they put these horses on this uh, uh, conveyor that would lower. Yeah. Or this oh, lo- kind of like a little elevator And they thing? had to, like, train these horses for over a year to get comfortable in having the water up to their neck, because uh, instinctually, they're supposed to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But they did it so many times. And nothing bad happened that they began to trust. Yeah. Except for the horse. Apparently the horse in the shot freaked out because the kid was acting so well. Yeah. I was thinking it was really going to actually happen. Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy. So yeah. The death of our Yeah. That really fucked me up. Uh, I remember literally this is a, a memory I'll never forget. I was in school. I, I was in uh, Miss Swanson's class. This mm-hmm. was maybe fifth or sixth grade. I can't remember what year she taught. But uh, whatever year it was, it was the year Evita came out. Because I just remember everybody talking about Evita. They were like, don't cry for me, Argentina. That You're like, like, I'm crying for Artec. Yes. That was like the big thing at the time uh, was don't cry for me, Argentina stuff. And you were, we're like. watching this on TV. This is what I did. I could not. It was one of those things where I'm a cool kid. I'm friends with my friends. We're popular. Everybody else is like, oh, look at that horse dying. And I'm like. Ugh. And so what I did was I started writing my own uh, sci-fi story, uh, which was called uh, Rat's Raw. Mm-hmm. Star Wars spelled backwards. Uh, and I was like, so I stopped and then I wrote a logo and I was drawing on my piece of paper my characters so that I could not focus on what Atreyu was going on up on the yeah. TV. And I think about it to this day. I think about it anytime the movie comes on. Anytime somebody talks about it, I think about how sad I was in that classroom oh. hiding my feelings. Not only that, but I mean, one of the biggest parts uh, of the never-ending story is the music. The music's oh, great. Oh, great music. And, Fantastic. Uh, and we're not just talking about the... Uh, uh, love. I mean, the world-renowned loved main song where you know it's like the, the never-ending story. story. Like the score is great. I listen to the score a lot. So if you can just like this is gonna bring tears to some people's eyes, but the swamps of sadness music is just like it's not happy at all. And you got this going on the entire time as like just slow and sludgy. Falcor and I'm here to say I like flying in a flying way. God, it's so moody and like it ter- it's scary. It's scary. Well, at least on the other side, you got this music. Oh yeah, I think that was built into my Kia Cero as a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is what the theme song to the Goldbergs should have been. That, that, Very good. that music just makes me think of Falcor laughing the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Falcor. I'm a luck dragon. What's funny is uh, if our tech didn't die. Yeah, well, you never would have got Falcor. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Falcor, because uh, Trey is about to die in the swamps, too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gamork is coming in, getting ready to kill him. Yeah. Because Gamork's only thing is to kill. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's one of the scariest bad guys of my childhood. Yeah. And then right as uh, Atreyu is about to die, fucking Falcor comes out and saves him. Yeah. So, like, what What if he still had his horse? That movie would have taken a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Falcor. Falcor ruled. Scared me. Scared you. As a kid. Uh, before I had ever, like, really watched the movie. For whatever I just remember reason, that big, crazy dog dragon. He, ne- I liked him, uh, but... but uh, I- well, I liked him... When I was old enough, a little bit older, but like, you know, a couple, I know this when I was like too young, I just saw a big monster. I used to, when I was a kid in play, I used to use my um, Battle Cat as my, fal- I would call Battle Cat Falcor, even mm-hmm. though they're totally different. Yeah, but you're using but your that imagination. Was, yeah. And, you're going to Fantasia, baby. Yep. And I would use, so I would always use probably a G.I. Joe or whatnot to be Bastion or to be Atreyu. And then I would have my, my Falcor Battle yeah. Cat flying around the fucking room. Battle Cat can't fly! Yeah, that's right. But Falcor can. Yeah, so after he picks up Falcor, they go to that, like, testing area mm-hmm. where he has to, like, walk through the sphinxes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember them because you could see their boobs. Hell yeah, dude. Titties. <laughs> As a kid. Nips but, and uh, tits and bits and shits. Yeah, ba- the movie moves along pretty quick. It's only yeah, 90 it's, minutes. Yeah, it's a good and, clip. Uh, it, after that, it just pretty much comes to his whole, Atreyu's whole quest is to find out that he, uh, to save... The uh, childlike empress, he has to just come up with a name for it. Yeah. And uh, say her name. Yep. No, to give her a new name. Oh, yeah. But he can only get it from outside the realms of Fantasia. So he's trying to get it outside of Fantasia, but he can't. Yeah. And then he fucking cries and gets ready to give up. And then uh, we find out that Bastion, which it's interesting that his name's Bastion. Yeah. Since he's the last Bastion. Oh, of hope I never even thought of Fantasia. that. Because I always wondered what Bastion was. I just assumed it was some common German name. His mom's name, Moonchild. Really? Yeah. Do you know what happened to his mom? Uh, uh, I heard she took a couple blows to the head. Mm-hmm. Got her head got her head crushed. That's too bad. Yeah. I always remember the sandwich he made in part two, though. It had, like, oh, fucking yeah. Captain Crunch in it. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing is, because I mix a lot of two up and stuff like that, because uh, uh, I, I, I see... All these stories, but whenever I think of Bastion, I think of Jonathan Brandis. Yeah. So it's like confusing to my dumb brain, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, we didn't really have much Bastion anyway. Yeah, I know. He's not. He's just the... You know, this is what I was thinking is it's kind of funny because... He's us, basically. Yes, but look at the... Okay, the princess... Well, that, what's cool, though, is at one point it goes meta-meta, mm-hmm. where it's like uh, involves us, yeah. too. It's like, uh, you know, like uh, when... The childlike empress is talking to Atreyu and like, no, there's another boy, an earthling boy. Mm -hmm. He was with you at the swamps of sadness. He was with you when you fought Gamork. And much like that, there were people watching him Mm -hmm. when he ran from the bullies. Then all of a sudden, Bastion's like, what? That's not possible. Yeah. And then like you're also, so the, you as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Are it, involved. You're in, in the story. story. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's very like, um, uh, I mean, in a certain way, you can definitely see the, the, 
the strings for, uh, to other things that came from Neverending Story, like uh, I was thinking Princess Bride, the entry point to Princess Bride is similar to this, where it's a story, a kid in modern times being yeah. read a story and stuff like that. But then also, if and I, I don't think you saw it, but that over uh, the holiday season this year, the Bandersnatch, that fucking... Uh, 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 Bandersnatch, like two thing. hours of my time. Yeah, that Netflix thing was a huge... Uh, I mean, there's a huge influence of... The never-ending story on that, especially scenes like that, where it's yeah. like, oh no, not just what you think is happening is happening. All these other things are happening, and now you're a part of what's happening. And I think that's kind of interesting how something that was made, fucking whatever, thirty-four years ago, is uh, still holding true, holding strong, and influencing. Well, I wonder if this is the right song. Hold on, I'm gonna try it out real quick. As, sure, because uh, we're also talking about the music. But uh, every time you saw the tower, mm-hmm. it would play. I think this is the right one. I was hoping it was it, but it's the one that goes. Maybe this one. No. Oh well. Anyways, uh, the guy who did a lot of it too. Well, they had like uh, a main, like real composer who was uh that Klaus uh Doldinger. But uh, they also brought in, uh, like, the king of the guy who wrote, like, disco. He, like, was one of the main disco makers. And he also did, like, Top Gun and everything. And uh, was a really, really big influence on Daft Punk. Really? Uh, Giorgio Moroder. I don't know the name. I just, I mean, I understand the You would know uh, plenty of his music. But he did the main, uh, a couple of the songs, like especially the stuff that's more synthy, yeah. uh, like the Ivory Tower one I'll play right now, uh, is Giorgio Moroder, and you can totally hear it stuff. Oh, yeah. This sounds just like the 80s to me. This sounds like... I, my mom's watching Miami Vice and I'm walking through the room. that's the music you hear whenever you see the tower yeah. that I was trying to find earlier. I found the song. This is the song that plays when the, his mom's head's getting her, getting bashed on the street. That's, of course, the band Atrey You. Right side uh, of the bed off yeah. of uh, The Curse. That's right. Their follow-up uh, to... Uh, Bullet with butterfly wings. Now in the, cl- is that the no, that's of- Smashing Pumpkins. Well, it's true. The world is a vampire. Uh, the no, uh, that song is. You're right. It's called the Rights of the Bed. But of course, in the movie, they called it the Rights of the Head because that's where most of the blows she took. <laughs> Man, when I'm not as good, when I didn't do as much research, I got to lock in early mm-hmm. and lock in often. You know. Yeah. Uh, now the so you were talking about the second the as the as the story plays out and stuff like that. Um, when we were a kid, it was a big deal if you could hear what the girl's name, what the name was, what they yell. Mm-hmm. Was that a thing that you guys used to try to figure out? Oh, what the name of the when they, the new name of the empress? Yeah, because they scream uh, it. Uh, Bastion's mom. I didn't know until I watched it today. And this is the uh, 
third time or fourth time as an adult yeah. that I've watched it, you know, because I had to show kids. Mm-hmm. And also, man, it it's a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. The puppets, yeah. like, they went full board. And this it's is not- probably This is probably the peak of, like, over-the-top puppetry. Yeah, and it's not like, um, uh, Jim Henson either, is no, it? No, uh-uh. They, uh, I'm had- trying to think of where they got the guy from. Uh, I think he's, like, obviously a... Jim Henson guy, but I'm trying to think of the movie that got the guy the job for the never ending story, but I can't right now. Mm. It was in one of the uh uh making ofs. But uh like Rockbiter? Yeah. Fucking it was like twenty people inside of him. Oh really? To yeah. to make it all work? Yeah, yeah. Damn. And like half of it was his mouth. Yeah. You know? And like uh it was one of the first films to use blue screen, which you can definitely see on a lot of the Yeah, uh, a lot of the Especially the flying shots. Yeah. And they look good, you know, because you have the guy with his giant bat flying and you mm-hmm. have all your Falcor shots. But- it, to me, felt very, even though it was way more uh, kiddish and silly, uh, it fits perfectly with an Empire Strikes Back. Like, you could watch these two back to back and feel like you're, yeah. these movies are contemporary, or maybe not contemporary, but these movies can go together. Well, I mean, I already talked about, like, some of the deeper ideas and themes Well, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. And, like... Uh, on top of that, it's like uh, it's not happy. It's like, like I said, it's elementary school existentialism one hundred and one. Yeah, um, but yeah, goddamn, you got a with, dead mom with the with the uh, though. Like I was saying though, with the thing we used to we we'd turn the volume all the way. Think up. it was a Disney movie. We'd try, yeah, we'd try to do we'd do closed captioning to try to see what they would say and stuff because we we're always trying to Moon get Child. Moon Child. I can't believe that. I never knew that. Yeah. Damn. Uh, now I was going to see, I looked up this here. I had this somewhere. Uh, it was nominated for a bunch of awards, nothing, no Oscars and stuff like that. Uh, but the kid, uh, won the Saturn award, uh, for best performance by a young actor, which I thought was uh, pretty the cool. The Atreyu kid or the Bastion kid? Ooh, good question. I didn't even check. I think it's, oh, it's Atreyu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who boy, that kid, that guy now, he looks exactly like you'd expect. He looks like he fights in MMA. Uh, maybe not. He looks a little better well, once I got the light. he is a warrior of the... Plains people who hunt the purple buffalo. That's right. Uh, he was. Wait. Also, it was pretty funny watching the making of, and they're like, "Yeah, we knew he was going to be great, but we just had to get him into the tanning booth." Weird. What? I just randomly clicked on this Noah Hathaway, this actor, the guy who played a Trey U. Really? Yeah. One of his later roles is in 1986. He played. He starred in the movie Troll, and his character's name was Harry Potter Jr. Wow, that what is the weird. fuck is the odds of that? Uh huh. Hey, J.K. Rowling, you gotta owe a lot to this thing. I, th- I mean, I already knew she did, but it looks like she owed even more. You know, mm-hmm. it's like she was just bored one ap- afternoon in like '95. Was like, eh, never ending story. That's cool. What else they could did? Uh, troll. Okay. Oh, uh, troll. Okay. Uh, Harry Potter. Uh, that's a pretty good name. Write it down. Damn. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> uh, I am kind of curious uh, what uh, a lot of people. Who have never seen this and and are adults? Yeah, well, nowadays they would, see, would think of it. Yeah, I think it holds up pretty well. And like I said, it's got good themes, and uh, I mean, there's more to kick around there than than what you got on screen too. Yeah, because I bet everybody that saw this as a kid still loves it. Yeah, because I've watched it with adults too uh, that grew up watching it, and you know, it was a good it was a good time. The, yeah, the score is great. Yeah, you know, it is. the special effects is great. The cinematography. And like a lot of the map painting settings mm-hmm. that they're able to make, and all the different uh, locations yeah. uh, r- are really memorable. The characters are, 
You know, I mean, if you think about uh, how much Falcor and and Gamork, the uh, the bad wolf, are like burnt into kids' memories from this era, you know, just how like you know transcendent this yeah. movie was for a lot of the eighties kids. Um, uh, I they almost they were talking about remaking it. I know, like uh, Warner Brothers and Kathleen Kennedy were uh, getting behind it for a little bit, but that fell really? apart in like uh, the early 2010s. That's interesting. I mean, I guess I could see the uh, like the definitely the the push for it or whatnot. You know, apparently the movie is only about the first half of the book. Yeah. Um. Do the sequels follow the rest of the book? You think? I, or do we know? I I'm not sure. I think one of them might. Yeah. Be doing the second half, but. Uh, this is definitely one of those, I'm going to use this term loosely, franchises Yeah, that uh, you don't need to... Uh, you don't need to keep going. Yeah. Um, even though uh, the third Unless one... Unless you're a kid. Or and, if you're a Jack Black completionist. Yeah. You got to see what this, you got to see Airborne, you know? Or Yeah, or, or if you're one of those kids that never wanted the story to end but didn't get the uh, definite uh, message in it. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. you yeah. could just go buy the book. Now, let me, am I wrong? Is this connected at all to that... Uh, 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 Lamb Chop Puppet Show. The song that never ends? Yeah. Is there any crossover? And it goes on and on, my friend. Mm-hmm. Did you know that some people started singing it? Yeah, that's what I heard. Not even knowing, knowing what, what it was. was. Yeah. But they'll and continue singing it. Forever. Just because it's, it's the a song, song that, that never ends. We're a singing podcast. We're a singing podcast. Uh, hey, didn't we ask the... Uh, would, does anybody else have opinions on that? Uh, yeah, I reached out to the NFers and boy, we got some... Uh, this this movie is apparently a lightning rod. I didn't know that people, now fucking love it man uh maybe maybe uh and also i'll say that uh we did this more recently so some we didn't get as many reactions as we usually did uh but here's what we got here um i asked hey tell me your history with the movie the never ending story and why you love it uh friend of the show fan of the show real and ever he's been on the show darren patterson he said that big flying dog terrified me as a kid and is still the overlord <laughs> of my nightmares to this very day it's a dragon but it's very funny it's a luck dragon that feels like a uh, uh, uh an andrew klein tweet a Stu yeah. klein tweet for me that big flying dog that sounds like the way he <laughs> describes something yeah, uh he's great though falcor falcor's great yeah Except for, i loved him he's a dog I, to everybody. I could see... You can call Falcor a luck dragon until yeah. the fucking cows come home. Yeah. He's a dog, even though dogs don't fly. Uh, Paul <laughs> Goebel, a friend of the show, fan of the show, uh, did not like it. Uh, he said he hated it, always has, and always will. History over. Oh, but see, real fun. Yeah. Well, Paul's also older than us, though. He's probably a good, uh, like, 10 years older than us. So he might have seen it when he was in his... Tw- you know, he's not when he was in his late teens, early 20s. So his experience is different with it, you know what I mean? Brian Reed said, first time I saw someone eat the core of an apple and it did to me what Falcor did to Darren. <laughs> hey, hey, little Bastion, uh, he fucking attacks that apple. Yeah, he does, baby. But uh, it's uh, it sticks with me. It still it does. It does, yeah. Uh, I think about that a lot, like the food a lot. By the way, uh, did uh, you ever put Atreyu and uh, Rufio together? In my head, they were always very similar. Like, I mean, just because yeah. they were both kind of like badass kids, Native American kid looking kids, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, you know, there are not very many kid warriors out there. No. Yeah. That you get growing up Rufio. Yeah. And uh, Atreyu are definitely both uh, badass kid warriors. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Kaplan said that uh, it didn't stick with him as long as he thought it would, which I think is interesting. No, he's making a joke. He said not as long as I thought it would be. Oh, because it's the never-ending story? Uh, why don't you get a hold of Lionel Hutz, attorney-in-law? I think he's building a class-action lawsuit uh, 
for your case there, Kaplan. Is that true? What? Well, was that a joke in The Simpsons? Yeah. I don't remember. Say it. Uh, I think it was uh, the the Minoxenil episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. And then Homer goes to Lionel Hutz, and uh, Lionel Hutz is like, this is the most blatant case of uh, false advertising since a never-ending story. Oh, that's good. Uh, Kevin Goaty said, this film is awful, hated as a kid, and doubly as an adult. Now, I wonder if Kevin's around the same age as Paul, because that could be an age thing, too. I'm just kind of curious what, what the what the deal is. Yeah. I didn't know people uh, hated I, yeah, the I don't story. I don't, uh, I'm, not, I'm not big on this revelation here, man. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck's wrong with these people? Uh, and then our last comment comes from a uh, friend of the show, Joe Chlapowski. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and read that one? Uh, he said, I watched it a lot as a kid because nothing screams kids movie like watching a horse drown in real time. But I never fully appreciated it until my friend Ross Marson, Ross Martin. Oh, I know Ross. Friend of the joke. Started talking about how fucking dark it was on stage. Yeah, I guess I didn't know Ross had a joke about it. But yeah, goddamn. Uh, very funny comedian. Uh, it's You're right. It's dark. It's it's uh, brooding. Uh, yeah. A lot more so than a lot of some of those other affair at the time, you know, like just Princess Bride it, is like happy and silly and fun. Yeah, just because everybody involved in it uh, is a kid, mm-hmm. all the main uh, pieces in the film doesn't mean that it's a kid's movie. It's yeah, pretty heavy. Yeah, but I, I, I also mean, I always get uh, the crotchety, weird, old uh, couple mixed up. From Princess Bride, Princess Bride, Mag- and Miss. Magic Max. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. Max and, and uh, liar. I yeah. would say, though, that if I have seen this movie, I have probably seen The Princess Bride a thousand times more than I've seen this movie. And I've probably seen this movie 50 times in my life. God, they're probably pretty close for me. Yeah, but I've seen The Princess Bride, uh, like, I there were weeks where I watched The Princess Bride three or four times a week. Yeah. Um, and I was this, it was Princess this was a Bride is twice a way year more movie. rewatchable. Well, Princess Bride, jokes, I can yeah. watch for on myself, Friday it's jokes. and then again on Sunday mm-hmm. and then, uh, I, I just have to. Uh, knock oh, I'm the dust sorry. Off of... I don't mean Princess Bride. I mean the Prince of Tides. The I'm talking about the Barbra Streisand film. Oh, I thought the Prince of Tides was Jeff Gordon. Number twenty four, baby. What do you think of Dale Jr.? I think he's just riding his daddy's coattails. Uh, but I think we did that. Fuck yeah, we did. I think we talked about the never. We're going to end this podcast. We are. With uh, plugs. Where can the listeners find you, bud? Uh, at Reamcore with a K R E A M K O R E. Uh, you that's uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'm too old to know about any other than those three. Yeah. Um, also, check out House of Bricks Comedy, second Friday of every month at Precious Metal. Hell yeah. That's right. Uh, listeners, follow me at Patrick Hasty. That's at P-A-T-R-I-C-K-H-A-S-T-I-E, PatrickHasty.com for all upcoming shows, including uh, Burning Bridges Comedy Festival in Pittsburgh in March. And at the end of March, I'm going to be doing a week at the creek at the Creek in the Cave in Queens. Uh, so please uh, check out for that. Get all your uh, stuff figured out so you can come to some of that. Uh, listen to the podcast. Donate to our Patreon. Uh, support our sponsors. If you like the sponsors we have on this thing, go buy whatever it is or uh, go to the show or listen to the thing. Uh, because they're helping us out and if you're in a spot where you can't financially help out the podcast you can by supporting the people who do uh also if you want to get on the patreon that's cool too patreon.com slash nostalgic front uh five dollars gets you bonus content and shit like that one dollar just likes lets you be your friend and we love you for it uh tell your friends be cool never die and as always remember if you're not an mf'er you're an mf'er so So get get the the fuck fuck out of here
Is that what it was? Welcome to Brain Machine Network. Dot com.